Hi, hello, and welcome back to Play Games Lose Friends. I'm Ryan with Ken. It is Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. This is episode 22. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, there go my dogs slamming down the steps. That's always a neat Yay. noise while I'm trying to record. How's Hi, Ken. How are you? Hello, Ryan. I'm doing well. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. It is. Sure. We've got a, a special episode tonight. Uh, yes. You want to tell the, the fine people out there who are listening what we are going to talk about and review? Well, we were sent the uh, Marvel Dice Throne base game and the two uh, standalone expansions from Whee! the Op or USAopoly. So we had a chance to sit down, uh, play the games, uh, play it in various styles, mixing up characters. Beat. Yes, uh, you definitely got uh, got stumped, um, which we'll get into in a moment. But um, I uh, I know we've been big fans uh, of Dice Throne. We played Dice Throne Adventures, and um, spoiler alert: uh, the Marvel version is uh, just as fun. So uh, we'll be walking through that, talking through the characters, um, and then giving our uh, review like only we do. Like only we do and many other people out there do as well in a different <laughs> way. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to talking about it. I, I am a little sour about the the, the whooping we got, but, uh, you know. Yeah, this is my best showing of Dice Thrown ever. Yeah, I, I'm going to honestly say, like, I have never seen you – excel at dice rolling like you excelled at dice rolling that night you may have exhausted your life supply of luck with dice and i'm sorry for that like it's going to be hard from here on out so don't play craps but uh yeah you 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 really annihilated us it was pretty bad so we will get to that in a bit but before we do we're going to talk a little bit about some euro hatred euro game hatred not euro people the fine people the games i'm talking about and uh, we got a little mind bro- mind mind brug no mind, mind bug preview. Uh, we both got our copies from the Kickstarter in the postal service slash shipping services this past week, and we uh, we got some games, and so we'll have an initial preview for that. But before we dive in, intros, beverages, go. Intros and beverages. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, let's do an intros and beverages segment. We'll mix things up a little. Usually, it's intros, maybe something, then maybe beverage. But let's do intros and beverages. All right. So we wanted to uh, make you guys aware, if you were not aware, of our friends in our podcasting group. Um, they do a podcast called Drunken Disordered. It is a Kings of War podcast where they break down armies and the tournament scene in our region. And in our fine nation, um, they uh, there's a there's an upcoming episode where they talk about how they took down this big GT as a team, but uh, it hasn't uh, come to fruition yet. So my fingers have been crossed to hear it um, because they uh, the team had uh, been awarded bathrobes. So very uh, interesting, and I'm sure silk, correct. Uh, I believe so, yes. Like Hugh Hefner or, or silk equivalent. slash Rocky or like a boxer robe. Um, so, yeah, it should be a good Soft one. Soft against they, their uh, supple nerd skin. <laughs> pasty, pasty pink flesh. So Yes. So, yes, that is the Drunk and Disordered podcast. Um, so, please check them out wherever, podca- wherever you get your podcast, just like us. Um, 
So are we moving and segueing into beer, Ryan? What you drinking? Mm, beer. Uh, I've got a nine percenter because we do things right in this household. It is a uh, Deuce Juicy from Evergreen Brewing, and uh, yeah, it's nine percent New England IPA. Gets the job done. Very, very, very tasty. Uh, I try to keep at least one New England IPA on tap, and I haven't had any Evergreens yet. This is the first time I've seen one of their uh, their beers in a sixthal, so I was like, all right. And I know I like their stuff, so I uh, didn't regret it. A little pricey, but worth it. If you're going to buy a 9% New England IPA, you're, you're going to pay for it, and I just have to accept that. But I'm glad I didn't because it's very good. How about that you? Is a very, that is a very tasty IPA. I enjoyed, oh, I, uh, I enjoyed one of those while playing Marvel Dice Thrones. <laughs> yes, it tasted uh, a lot better for week. you than me, probably. Oh, it was sweet. Um, and t- tonight I am drinking... What I'm assuming is something new from Susquehanna Brewing Company. I know we've talked about their their beers on the show before. These this is suck on this, which is part of their sour series, and this is the blueberry flavor of suck on this. Ooh, and uh, it, is, it is a five percenter, and boy, is this very tasty. I. Uh, I, again, we've we've tried, we've talked. Like I said, we talked about Susquehanna before when it was their their shandies, their grapefruits, uh, oranges. The new was it oranges? The new ale? Is that, what that one? yes? I think that's it. Um, so I saw this in the in the uh, beer distributor, and I like blueberry. I like sour. I like Susquehanna. So uh, all that checks out. And now trying one for the first time, it's amazing. Better save me one. I guess I could. I don't think I've had any of the other flavors of those. Just the orange. Well, that's the thing. This that is, anymore. Yeah, they have a raspberry. They've got the grapefruit. But this is the first one in the sour series. I don't think they've. So I'm hoping this is like the first of many to come. Because it's. Did you ever try the tea one? It's like an iced tea, tea one. Yeah, I'm I pretty sure it's SBC. They, they have like a tea one. It's it's. it's I've like only a had beverage. No, I've only had uh, Lagunitas did like a Arizona green tea sort of style. Ooh. And that was very tasty. So it was like green tea, but like alcoholic. So, uh, you know, it was a nice grass cutting beer. Yeah. <laughs> tea. Pizza Boy did a, a, a iced tea flavored one too, and it was awesome. I wish I could remember what it was called, but I've never seen it since. I don't think they're going to make it again, which sucks, but I like tea flavored beers for some reason and i haven't had a lot of good ones and i honestly i don't know if there's that many but the ones i've had i've liked so um and you're not i, I want to try kid, that so. so save me a can please <laughs> yes and, and you can have you my nine percent keg whenever you're here <laughs> as you've already yes. partaken um yeah. let's jump in to a topic that we've been putting off for like <sighs> 10 episodes. I've been dreading. Like. I've been dreading this episode. It's been like five episodes. We've uh, had some I want, very special we, guests. Yes. Um, we had a lot had of guests. Some, we had a lot of other discussions and, but it's time to talk. It's time to sit I don't want to, ru- I don't want to ruin facts. our podcast. <laughs> no, this is, this is healthy. This is getting the poison out. Uh, so I have a question. Well, let me preface this by saying we played a little game that I was recommended by my good British friends that shut up and sit down who won't respond to me about interviewing Tom Brewster. God damn you, Tom. Uh, Hansa Teutonica. I, I really wanted to get this. I picked it up on sale a while back. Didn't get it to the table until, I don't know, when, when do we play? Like two months ago, three months ago at this point? It's been a while. 
Yeah, because we've gotten a lot of Vagrant Song in and a Dice Throne Night. So yeah, there's yeah, it's been at least at least a month, maybe a month and a half, something like two. that. So we we played two games uh, in one night, and I, I this is at my behest. It was my night to choose, and I picked Hansa because I really wanted to try it. It is a if you haven't checked it out, it's a Euro game where you're basically trying to. I don't know. Do stuff in Europe, like make a, a guild of traders and use ruin cubes friendship and tokens. And, yeah, well, we're getting there. And uh, so I, we played two games. Uh, you you failed miserably at both, and we're very frustrated and didn't enjoy it. So I have a question for you: Do you hate sure. Euro games, and why is your answer yes? <laughs> um. So I, I guess, and it's weird. Like, um. I um let me let me hold on let me back up. Do you own any euro games? I I'm, I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm wondering if I finally found a genre that you don't own any of and therefore so, it's so alien to you that you're like ugh, oh god no. All right. So I and this came up in the board game store uh two trips ago. I am not a fan of uh, Uwe Rosenberg, and he you get shot if we went to Europe and you said that. You know that, right? He he's done what Agricola, Caverna. You know those are his big sort of Euroy Euroy Eurish yeah. tile. But he's got a lot of other stuff. He's done. Yeah, agreed. He's not. But those, yeah, those are the those are Euro, the, uh, But those are his big favorites. too. And I can't stand. Either of those games. I, I haven't them, played either. I find them boring. Um, there was another one, I think it was called, and, and, and Uwe didn't do it. It was a game called, I think it was Demon Pets, where you are, are raising a little army of demons and you're building a cave, but then like people, that's like the village gets ransacked, your cave gets ransacked, and it just ruins all of your work that you've done for, you know, three, four turns. And it just, it's just so unfulfilling for me um, to play those types of games. And I do have uh, All Creatures Great and Small, which is the two-player version of um, Uwe's Agricola. I'm hoping that because it's only a two-player game, the I might enjoy it more. But it's still in shrink for maybe two years. Um <laughs> so so there's that so that's how much I get to those games. Um I I think there are some light to medium weight euros maybe that I'd like and I have maybe but like patchwork that's not a euro, is it? Is that I mean it's a euro. Uh, I don't I don't know if you can uh, say that or like New York Zoo kind of like I, I guess they are lightly. It, it, it's they're a lightweight euro. Is that a thing, or am I just making I guess, it up? Maybe. I, I'm interested in this conversation because I I didn't hate Hansa, but I also wasn't like, oh my god, this is you know the greatest thing I've ever seen, and I have to play more of it. But I want to play more of it, and you. It's like anathema to your very core gaming being, and I'm trying to. 
extract out of you what exactly it is about that game that rubbed you in such a wrong way that you literally left that night and you were like, I will never play that game again. And I have <laughs> never heard you say that about anything with the exception of maybe like deduction type games like Search for Planet X, where it's not like you're never going to play it again. You're just not a, f- a huge not fan what of deduction I, games. It's not what I choose. Yeah. So, um, so what I've played. It, All right. So I'm Ren at, would say, what is it, man? <laughs> I'm looking at just sort of titles of Euro games. I've played Terra Mystica. Can't stand Terra Mystica. Um, I've played Caverna. Can't stand Caverna. Feast for Odin. I've never played that, but because of my other games, I <laughs> would never. Um, I've played the the child's version of Stone Age with my uh, with my son, which I I like. Um, I'm not looking for. I mean, I know Brass is up there. Terraforming Mars is considered a Euro, um, really, which I like. Terraforming Mars, but obviously Ark Nova is a better game. Uh, so, so there's that. Um, so it's just I just don't find them to be um, fun. I, I it, it's it feels like boring mechanics to do boring things and then to be punished for playing a game just feels very wrong. Um, when you're, it's not like a specific take that game, <laughs> right? Like, does that make sense? Um, yeah, well, and, so and, I see. And, and my my thing here, and I think we talked about it a little bit, was I was never a very good real-time strategy uh, PC gamer either. And typically, um, Euro-style games, and Hansa Don't Platica, is very, <laughs> uh, very much in this vein, is I believe there are specific build orders on what you need to do. If you can't do those, there's backup plans. Um, and if you, and, and there's a, there's a, there's a, a right and a wrong way to play those games. I feel like I don't know how to play those types of games. I was never really good at RTS and therefore I'm not good at Euro, but that's not, be- but that's not the reason why I don't like them. I also don't find them to be fun. Um, like the first game we played of Hansa, I was like, okay, I get it. I like it. But that second game, it was like, <laughs> why? Like, uh, and, and to just give people an insight into the second game, we let <laughs> another player, Joe, basically run away with it because he got the, the path connection in the game. Like you build connections, these routes, these trading routes, and you gain benefits for completing them that you can upgrade on your like player dashboard and it gives you more actions or more workers or more money or whatever. And he got the action thing done. So he was able to take like one or two more actions more than the rest of us and ran away with the game. And we did not attempt to stop. Well, you did, but the rest of us did not attempt to stop him at all. It was a futile, it was a a futile effort all by myself. And and I think and. that is a, a really key observation towards your view of the game and and my view of the game. In that we're used to playing games where we're when we're ready, we're gonna screw around with each other in the game and like hate draft or 
remove a piece or play a card that takes you out or, or something. And I think Euros, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe it's just Hansa because I haven't played, admittedly, I've not played a ton of Euros either. Hansa basically from the very beginning says you have to forcefully stop your opponents or you just, you're giving it away. And we're not used to that in quite the same way. There's, there's like soft versions of that in games we play. Maybe like Brian Baru has that a little bit or, you know, Libertalia has that a little bit, but nothing quite as aggressive from the starting line as Hansa was. And I think that it's, it's from the first cubes that you place. Yeah. It's immediately on. And it's it's contentious from the start. I think there are, um, optimal plays to set yourself up for future gains. And if you don't do them and you don't get them accomplished, then you are, you're lost from the beginning. Um, I was always behind. Um, I felt like I was, you know, it was, I felt like it was one V three and in any fight, you're not that you're not going to win that. Um, and the reason I felt that way is because it was like, I felt like I was the only one trying to stop the leader, you know? And I think if we could have partnered up a little bit, we could have knocked him down a peg and potentially would have made it a game. But um, we do play a lot of games where it's like like a four-player solitaire, right? Hansa is not that. Hansa is like four people enter a shipping container and one person comes out. (laughs) <laughs> kind of game right like <laughs> so a little bit yeah and so and, i think that's my that's my follow-up if, question to you then <laughs> it, it because there is in your opinion i don't know if i completely agree with you but i do i do a little bit with with the build order thing and, and i was trying in the second game to see if there was like more than one way to win and it seems like the actions no. are the way to go to start that yeah. game but you have to get it, the, you have to get extra actions that's key it's number yeah. one. You have to get extra actions. There's no if ands, or buts about it. So you're very much a, like, I played once and I lost. I want to go at it again because I want to figure out that puzzle. And you didn't uh-huh. have that with this. And I was surprised was no, by that. <laughs> there was no puzzle. It's just... Uh, well, I think... The first game, I, think I tried something. Is, though. If, and if I we felt the first game like I was him. competing... Yeah, but if we prevent him from but, getting those actions early, then what happens? Then there is a bit of a like competing puzzle going on there, and the first person to solve it could win. So, uh, like, do you see that in the game at all, or is it just like the idea of that just sounds not fun at all to you? So, what I feel would happen is we'd all be fighting for the the actions, um, the action spots. And I believe no one would win that, but someone would have to try to branch off and accomplish something while everyone was fighting amongst themselves. And maybe you just send one piece into the fray, right? But it's enough to stop people. Just one little token while you're using your other token to maybe (laughs) sort of set up for something. Um, Because if you don't, then someone's going to win that. And I... uh, I don't know. It um, it just felt like I was uh, always behind. Battle all the time. Yeah, it was a boulder I was pushing up, and um, I could not win. 
we were all kicking at it at the other side. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I want to play it more because that puzzle that's there, like I, I, I can come into the game now knowing that I need to be an asshole from the very beginning. And I'm okay with that and that's, because that's what that's we are. That's typically in this podcast. like how you play. That's like, like that's typically you. But yeah, for well, whatever reason, think, you were like playing like little little meerkat, passive meerkat. <laughs> like, and it's like, like you but I think, brought this. You brought this into, and in, you you it's your game. Like, play. yeah. Well, I think if if we all know that we're going in with that mentality and it changes the way we play the game, that we would have a more fun time with the game. I I had fun playing it, but I I also could see that it wasn't – everybody else was not looking at that game and going, like, this is legit really fun. Like, everybody else is – like, Joe had a great time the second game because he just destroyed us. But you and Brad, you were absolutely miserable. Brad was kind of like, eh, I don't know. And, I, you know, it just kind of shown through to me like, all right, well, this is probably not one that's going to see a lot of play with this group. And I don't really have another group that can handle a game of that weight at the moment. I'm going to hang on to it because I think there's enough potential there. But it just really – I was really shocked at your reaction and then the <laughs> persistence after the fact that you just straight up hated it. And it made me start thinking about – do you like euros in general? Is it like, cause I, I was talking to you before the show about watching the, the new like Stefan Feld games that came out. And I like, there's a video on shut up and sit down. Of course that I watch. And uh, there I have, I have utterly no interest in those. Those just I don't are, either. Those I don't are, either. And again, I think when it comes to types of games and types of board games that I enjoy to play, it takes a very special euro, and they are definitely not my go-to's. Um, but like a, but like Arc Nova, I guess is considered a euro, and I would play that any time. But I don't know, maybe it's more about the theme, and and the way the the mechanics of that game work. I think um, theme is a really big part for you. I think, <laughs> and you know what, you're not you're not alone. Like I watched the video about the Stefan Feld stuff, and I was like, this looks so bland that it should come with a bag of Werther's originals. Like it just looked yeah. that plain and boring and, and like mechanically. And these are brand new. These are brand yeah. new. And mechanically, like I I can see the value and I can see where it could be fun and, and all that stuff. But like it's the theme is as boring as it gets. It's worse than like bowling. Uh, they're a hundred dollars a piece. Like they, they go over it in the review. I'm not going to repeat. Yeah, it's like the world about. series of paint drying. It's just like, and it's not that I don't like Euro games. I loved Hansa, but like you're a hundred percent right. The theme of Hansa is a yeah, is, but is just, you also really liked RTS, and I think RTS, you know, real time strategy is a very Euroish style of PC game. I think games like uh, World of Warcraft or maybe. Warcraft was it? Warcraft Three broke the mold of RTS, right? But the um, difference there is RTS in. has the RT, which is real time in it, and t- these games are mostly turn based. Yeah, but still, and, uh, you're missing the. That's not the. You're talking more about like build trees and optimization yeah, in that op- respect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you, it's an apt comparison, and it's it probably factors into my enjoyment of those a bit more. But like, I was just—it wasn't so much my enjoyment being a surprise; it was your 
just utter loathing of it that was a surprise to me because I could kind of – again, to me, it has puzzle-like elements to it once you get over the idea that you have to be aggressive in the game and then from there what well, happens. But I, I see what you're saying with the build order stuff. I feel like um, I'm okay losing a game, but where I feel like the game um, is sort of mocking me and not having, <laughs> not allowing me to stupid enjoy American. It um, it bothers me. I felt the same way. Like I said, with that um, demon, demon pets. That game was brutal, and it was like, why am I even playing this game? Um, Caverna and Agricola, like there's so much stuff, and yet you get to end game scoring. It's like, hey, you didn't finish your farm. So here, minus 15. Or, hey, you didn't get that one animal. But, like, the game doesn't tell you, like, you should do this. or Like, I, there's no point of it. It's boring. Uh, and then at the end, when you've, like, played this boring game for a couple hours, to then be just, like, humiliated by the game. Uh, I just, it bugs <laughs> me. Like, it, like, mocks you. It's, like, laughing in your face. You're like, ha-ha, I got you to play this for two hours. And you did nothing. Like you had no wheat and your people died. Yeah, it's like how many times do you have to feed somebody? They're full. Can we just play the game? Listen, I eat once a day, at least. Then I poop at least once a day too. So you know, you gotta keep them fed, you gotta make sure they poop. It's annoying. That's uh that's Euro Games in a nutshell, I think. Push cubes, feed people, maybe you know, have a farm animal. Well that also poops. I think we, I'm not done with this topic with you. I, I feel like we need to find, this is my mission for 2023 is I want to find a Euro and I was hoping deal with the devil would be it. A Euro game, pure, like pure straight up painfully Euro. Like it hits you with a baguette but, while drinking tea <laughs> that we can listening. figure out that you're going to play and enjoy from start to finish. We got, um, that's my mission. I'm going to find, no, I'm probably going to spend, Alpha a ton of money doing this and regret it, but we're going to try. God damn it. I honestly don't. You're, you're going to, that's, I don't know, buddy. I think you need to look at lists. Threatening. You need to look at lists. No, 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 no. I will. I won't. If look, I will tell you honestly, if I like something or not, I was very honest on my hate of Hansa. Um, you were to the point where I almost feel like, it it changed me as a person, and it made me ne- – and I didn't like it. I didn't like the person on the other side to have that emotional reaction to a board game. But I did. It it. Um, you were in rare form. It, that was, it was it was a sight to behold. But, but like, I, I know if I ever need to break you down as a human being and build you back up, I'm starting with Euro games rather than waterboarding or something. <laughs> All right. Yes. Make me play anything by Uwe. Yeah. We, we put a lot of time in this subject, but I felt it was an important <laughs> one to talk about. And I wanted to share it with everybody because it's very odd that Ken and I play games and we leave with one of us going, I hated that. And this was, it happened and it was very notable to me. And so I wanted to dive into the Euro topic and, and I'm telling you, I'm going to find a way. Yeah. I'm going to find a way. Uh, let's hop into played. So. I have played a whole bunch of stuff. I think you've only played one thing. So if you want, I can rattle yeah, through the list you... quick. And then we'll get to yeah, the meat of the subject, which is our, our mind bug first impressions. Yes, so, I think you should 
roll through, and then we'll pause on Mindbug, and then we'll keep it moving. All right. I'm going to go through some quick ones. Uh, I got a two-player uh, semi-date night in with, with uh, Brad, and we went through five <laughs> games he had not played yet. We played Fantasy Realms. Uh, I finally got that, you know, shipped from Mini Market. took forever, but it got here. Played a few games of that. Love that game. If you haven't tried it, very quick, fun uh, card-based game. Watergate, which is one of the tightest two-player games I've ever played, and absolutely love it. He had fun. Uh, we only played one game, I think, but uh, did you very put your enjoyable. promo in? Did I, we did, we in? have to play two games to use the promo. <sighs> yeah, so happy but birthday! It's in, it's in there. <laughs> oh, I plan on playing that. Trust me, it's one of my favorite <laughs> two-player games I've ever played. I enjoy Watergate. That's a, such a fun game. It's solid. Yeah, very very tight. Uh, Jaipur, is- which is always a classic. Always enjoy playing that, and he hadn't played that before. Uh, I think he beat me in that game, so tip of the turban the to him. Ca- <laughs> uh, we played Caesar, sees Rome in 20 minutes. I haven't gotten to play that with anybody yet. I tried it solo, and uh, I have come to the conclusion that I have no effing clue how to play that game. He steamrolled me as as uh caesar like just utterly steamrolled me i i sat there at the end cleaning up the pieces and wondering how i'm ever going to figure this game out but it is very <laughs> how fun. am i that bad at this game <laughs> it, i i don't know we we you and i need to play it and you need All to right. beat the hell out of me and teach me how to play i think is what's going to have to happen i can um we also the last one we played which was his favorite of the day was morels which um I really like that game. It's it's so disarmingly simple, yet the drafting mechanics in it are, are challenging. You have a lot of decisions to make. It's it's just very, very good for a two-player game and a very fun little theme. Collecting mushrooms in the woods and cooking them with butter or cider. I, I, why, why would you make mushrooms with cider? Maybe it's that's really want to play that too. thing, too. I definitely want to play that one, too. That's another yeah. one on my list. Yep, it's very good. Uh, and then the last one I play, which I'll talk a little bit longer about, is Cubitos. So I bought Cubitos <laughs> quite a long time ago, and I think we played it one time. And we all were kind of lukewarm on it. And um, my son just randomly goes, let's play Cubitos one night. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't had that out in a long time. Let's give it a shot. We had an absolute blast, and so much so that he asked to play again the following night, and we played again. And he has since asked to play again, but we haven't had the chance to do it due to activities and stuff. I really had fun with it. Um, we started randomizing the maps and the card selection to kind of vary things up a bit. And it's just like really good at two players. I think part of the problem with what we did was we learned it in the same night. We played it with four players and it wasn't as enjoyable. But as a, as a you know, uh, dice collection building pressure luck kind of game it's really good and i think at lower player counts it starts to really shine so we've been playing it more i I hope we get to play it even more because i'm actually really enjoying it right now and so is he but i I think we didn't give that game a fair shake from the first time we played and it's probably worth getting out to the table one more time because it is very good it's a john d claire game which i'm i don't own many of his games and seeing his name on something like a goofy cheese on the front wearing leader hose and kind of threw me off, but I like it. It's fun. And I think we should give it another shot as a group. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate Cabinos, um, but I'm not a huge racing game at its core, but, or but dice like chucker. A, <laughs> but, 
Yeah, I mean that's definitely it's like a it's like quacks if like quacks was a race, right? Like which I guess quacks is a little bit of a race game, but I don't think you like <laughs> press your luck too much either. I'm not a big fan of press your luck. It always yeah. fails. I always fail at it. Yeah, the, and that game is race dice rolling and press your right. luck in yep. my game. So it's literally like, like all the I, things you don't like in a game <laughs> other than you're like I um I love the the dice building like mechanisms of yeah. it like the player board and I love like I love building and and collecting and, and I, there are aspects of computers that like I'm I can excel at it's just like throwing dice <laughs> That I'm just failing at, and then like, do you keep going? Do you st- like, I'm bad at press your luck. Um, well, the thing that game does, because- sorry, they, they 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 push the press your luck thing off a little less punishing because you get some, you know, like compens- compensation for busting. Let's say so it mitigates a little yeah. bit of that that bad feeling. But you're right. There's there's enough of that in there. Um. So what's funny about this? sort of comment is over the weekend I um I found a patch for my Nerdhammer jersey and it says hold on let me overthink this and uh, <laughs> that is me in a nutshell specifically when playing board games and specifically when it comes to even a simple game as Cabitos I will overthink the the poop out of it and then it becomes not fun and then, because it doesn't matter, whatever I roll, it's still rock. <laughs> I think we're gaining insight into why you hated Hansa too, maybe a little. No, no, no. Hansa was very clear <laughs> what I needed to do, and uh, it just no uh, man. There's a lot of know. choices in that game too. That's tough. Yes, but all of them are wrong except for one. <laughs> that's fair. That's the problem. And you don't that's know what fair. it is when you have to do it. So that's that's my whole playlist. Uh, if you haven't played Cubitos, give it a try. It's pretty fun, but play to lower player count first is my recommendation. Uh, Mindbug came in from Kickstarter for both Yay. of us. I got my copy a little earlier than you, so we got to play my copy. Now you've got yours in. And we've played, what have we played, like five games, six games so far? Yeah. Roughly. Um, for those who don't know what it is, it is a, a card game. Uh, Richard Garfield's name's in there along with some other designers. I apologize. I don't have the list in front of me. And uh, you have a deck of cards. You shuffle. You take 10 cards. That's your deck. Your opponent does the same. You use three of the face-down cards to represent your life points, and you have two mind bug cards. Mind bugs are basically one-use cards that allow you to steal an opponent's creature when they play it and use it as your own. Uh, Zero cast control magic. Yeah, <laughs> for those magic is, players. <laughs> it is so simple and such a lightweight game, but as we found, and I'm going to turn it over to you now to talk about this. This is a really intense tight little game. This is my type of game. <laughs> I don't mind I don't mind losing these games because I feel like as soon as it's over, I can reflect, I can digest what happened. And then adjust my play moving forward. Um, this um, is nothing but um, decision after decision after decision. And there's a lot of strategy <laughs> in 10 cards. And the the mind bug aspect of this is just, they really have something special here. Um, now, the, the, the cards themselves, um, 
and the abilities are, you know, right from magic or other card game tropes. You've got poison. You've got lure. You've got, um, what do you got? Uh, what's the one where you die twice in magic? Um, I forget oh, what God, that one I don't even remember anymore. But you've got frenzy, which was what, um, rampage, right? Wasn't it rampage? Something those, like that. Those, those wolves from legends, right? <laughs> um, so that it's got all the typical sort of, uh, keywords. Um, and then they all have an ability. I don't think anything's just a plain like, oh, this is a two or this is a four. Every card is unique. Every card is special. And I think every card, if played properly, can win you the game, whether it's they're helping another piece of your army or they are the sort of the hero of your of your ten cards. But once you know that, and once you get an understanding of your, of the cards, protecting it against the mind bugs is key. So it's like trying to bait the mind bugs of your opponent while still holding back, but you can't, but you can't hold back too long because you only have three life total and that hap- that can get shipped down very quickly. So just the, the, the angst of it, I love, I love this type of, uh, you know, this, uh, what was it like baby angst? You know, we also didn't mention so fun and silly. You also lose if you cannot play a card or attack. So you're yeah. also on a bit of a timer in that you can't just kind of sit back and watch the game go. You've got to play and be aggressive, yeah. which is also important. Yeah, that's my type of game. Sit back and turtle is not how I ever played anything. Yeah. I I am surprised. Uh, I, di- I didn't have a lot of expectations for the game. I thought it would just kind of be like Clash of Decks, like a Super simple, quick, yeah, I'll play once in a while, but it's not something I'm going to seek out kind of game. Like, it's fun, but it's not a every night table type thing. And it turns out I'm wrong, and it's very, very good. It is, in 10 cards, one of the tighter experiences I've played in a card game. It has the uh, pacing that, you know, you get from, like, early turns in Magic. It's like play, attack, play, attack, play, attack. Um there is no card in the deck that isn't seemingly overpowered in some way. Like I, you know, we, we played today and I got that rhino it's, it's toughness or power of eight or whatever. And it's like, you can't kill it. And it it's also frenzy and attack. Tough. Yeah. Twice. Uh, it seems amazing. And then you steal it for me. And the next thing I play kills it. Um, yeah. It, like there's just nothing in the game that doesn't seem horribly broken, but you know, that everybody else has, you know, the other player has all the same types of things. There is so much variation in the cards. They use the abilities and keywords in a, such a varied way. That's it's, you know, everything feels kind of new and fresh every time you play um, because it's such a large deck. The 10 cards you get every game are going to be so different than before that talk about replayability. Yeah, exactly. Right. What is there? A hundred cards. That Something you get like between that. from the pledge, right? It's, the, it's a lot. And you don't need that. I mean, again, you need 20 cards. Yeah. You know? And and the key for this game, aside from that tightness and and pacing, which is brilliant and great, is the mind bug. It is a metagame within a game. Mm -hmm. Choosing when to play it, the psychology behind playing creatures to draw them out or not, 
uh, holding cards to guarantee that they cannot be mind bugged, forcing your opponent to make plays with the cards in their hands, knowing that, you know, you have one left, but you may or may not want to use it and just, just screwing with their brain all game long, holding them, playing them late. Like you don't know when you're playing what's best because you don't know what's in their deck because it's not pre-constructed. It is such a cool little mechanic and seemingly so innocuous and simple that you're like, ah, eh, you kind of dismiss it when you first play. But the more you play, the more you realize that mechanic drives this game to a higher level. And I, you know, I think every game you and I have played so far together, and even the ones we played against other people, we saw that with the mind bug cards. Yeah. Yeah. And then even if the players are not necessarily familiar with, some of the old magic tropes. Once they get a game under their belt, they're like, uh, I see. Okay. Now that's how you use the mind bug or, Oh, that makes sense. So it doesn't take long to pick this game up. It's a super simple game. Um, with a lot of, um, psychology, bluffing, uh, st- strategy. Do you, do you take the free point of damage, but then potentially set yourself up for something? Do you mind, but when to mind bug, when not to mind bug? Like it's just so many choices with 10 cards. It's, it's unbelievable how much uh, yeah. decisions. And, and the other key thing to note, them, and you only get one action a turn. You can either play a card or attack. So yep. even if you're up big in terms of like creatures in play, or you have a power advantage with what's out there. You can only do one thing a turn. And that is also, you know, it feels really limiting when you play, but it keeps the pace in check and it also keeps people from running away with the game even though they might not have better cards. I think that's really important too. Solid solid little game. Love yeah. it. I'm so I'm no regrets. I'm so happy. No. I'm glad you liked it too. I I love it. Uh, I, I know I you were have... a little on the fence. Well, I have one complaint, and the complaint was I, I had done the larger pledge, and it came with a larger box, which had two playmats in it, which are completely inconsequential because they have nothing on them except some art, uh, and then two decks. So basically, I have two copies of, of the base game with the expansions. Um, I can't remember what the pledge total was. It wasn't that high, but it wasn't that low either. I was a little disappointed. I thought the playmats could have been better. Um, you know, that box is just ginormous. It is for, for a card game. Like, but that's my own fault for backing something <laughs> that really could have just been a small deck. Uh, cause I think yeah, when you, you got yours, I know it was you just like a small deck, right? Dude, I just have the little box. That's all. And it's, and I don't have any, I don't, you don't have any cards that I don't have. Um, and, um, but I know you're a sucker for playmats. I was never a big playmat person. Uh, but if it's a funk, if it's functional, or it's something that I think adds, which I don't know if this game really needs that. It, it, you know, it's not. You know, they could have done a cooler life counter or something. You know, yeah. Instead, but then yeah. you got to think about how you how would that be in the box? Yeah, I was a little you know? disappointed by by what came with it. I, I agree. In the life counter, it could have been something neat. Uh, even the mind bugs themselves you know, potentially in like a deluxified version could have been cool tokens and not so much cards. Uh, but I do, you know, I'd love the art in the game. Uh, 
But it's unique art, right? Every yeah. every player gets unique mind bugs, which is kind of cool. Yep. Uh, maybe and like that, a maybe like a hollow, maybe a hollow mind bug would have been yeah. cooler. The, the, there's some things they could have done, um, and I kind of regret getting the pledge of the play mats because it's just I don't I don't think I'm going to use them that much or if at all. Uh, but you know, lesson learned. But I, I think you know as a preview for our opinion of this game, if you have the opportunity to pick it up after market. I would do so, especially if you're a Magic fan. It's going to be right up your alley. It's a quick hit, less uh, time-consuming, no CCG aspect to it. It's just the game. You get the game. Yeah. Um, do you know if they're going to do more expansions? Is that something that's been announced or talked about? Uh, my assumption is it's going to continue. Okay. Um, because – so I, I think I might have mentioned this on a, on a past episode when we first heard about Essen. Uh, I guess late last year. Um, so this game, I guess they went to, I think it was last year's Essen. They went to last year's Essen with like 50 copies of the game. That's it. And that was just like that small first contact box that you got in your pledge. So whatever was in that little box. Maybe they, maybe, maybe 50 is the wrong answer. Maybe there was a uh, hundred or 150 or something. It was a very small number. And it was a first come, first serve. And I believe it was like 10 bucks or something like that for it. It was real cheap. And based on that sort of, not necessarily a, a marketing ploy, but the that gauged the level of interest for this game. And then a month, two months later, it was on Kickstarter. And I think the Kickstarter did extremely well. Um, and there's been some promos that have been out in circulation with the, you know, with some of the content, uh, content creators. So my assumption is there's, it's going to keep happening. There were 10,271 backers on Kickstarter. Now, that does not include late pledge, and it does not include anything may have picked up on GameFound. It's just yeah. backed when the project funded. So, Yeah, I mean, it's... And it's Richard Garfield. Um, that's what I was going to say, the pedigree. He typically doesn't do one-offs. Usually he'll, you know, there's a well or a, a piece of ore. He's going to continue to mine it you know, <laughs> until he finds gold. Um, and that's not a knock. He he's just he's good at that. Yeah, um, yeah. He's so. made a career out of out of doing it. So yeah. Well, I, I hope there's more because you could add a couple yeah. more keywords and more cards into this and combinations. And you it just throw still, it in. Yeah. Right? Even if the next, you know, they did ten card expansions. This this extra ten cards could add a lot to the game, knowing that you could only really have ten in your deck at a time. So. The other thing that would be cool for this game, I think, and, and then I'll stop talking about it because we got to move on, is gameplay variants. Uh, there could be some fun, like multiplayer variants, team-based variants. Uh, it would be cool to see them release some like rule addendums, and maybe that's something that's in the works to give this a little bit more variety than just a one v one approach. So uh, I'm going to keep my eyes out for that too because that could be pretty cool if they do something like that. Yeah, like a like a team mode or even like a draft. Where like you're, you're supposed to throw X amount, you know, X amount of this power, X amount of that power. 
I don't know. That might be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's plenty of, of opportunities. So Mindbug, it's, uh, it's out there now. Kickstarters are fulfilling. Oh, yeah. People are Get getting it. their copies. And hopefully if you uh, see one for a decent price, pick it up. If not, I don't know if this is going to retail or not, but if it does, I, we highly recommend it. Maybe we'll Absolutely. do an official review at some point. I have a feeling it's going to be up there with, uh, well, I think we have to do a two, maybe next year. We'll do the big two player episode. Oh yeah. Cause this is, this one will definitely be in there. I've only been talking about it for a year. <laughs> yeah. But Hey, maybe you and I need to, me and I need to go away for the weekend. <laughs> uh, ew. I don't know about that. <laughs> this just got weird. All right. Let's move on to the review and not make this more awkward. Marvel Dice Throne. So we got to play uh, two team games, and uh, we had a lot of fun. It is very fun. It's Dice Throne, and we'll talk about more of that in the review. So let's get into it. Uh, Our reviews are done traditionally by five categories. Theme, balance, fun, component, quality, replayability. We score the sum of those and average it out to a final score, and then we talk about if this game's going to make you lose friends when you play it or not. So I think we should talk about the characters first. So you and Joe were a team the first game, and who did you guys have? So my first character was Scarlet Witch. I, um, I've always enjoyed Scarlet Witch from the comics. She's uh, uh, Magneto's daughter, uh, sister to Quicksilver, and very powerful. She's played by one of the Olsen sisters. Not not the twins, but the other sisters in the Marvel uh, movies. Uh, she was part of um, the Vision TV show on Disney Plus, and she's played very well. Uh, and I think they Scarlet Witch is one of those characters that um, has always been cool. Whether she's you know the, a good guy or she's a bad guy, she she's flip flopped, you know, between heel and baby face. <laughs> Uh, in the Marvel Universe. But she was the first character that I chose. And then... I think Joe had Doctor Strange, if I remember correctly. And, yes. And and uh, Joe went with Doctor Strange. So they are both the main sort of characters in the second Doctor Strange movie. So it was kind of interesting that he picked Doctor Strange. <laughs> um, but... Um, um, but very... Uh, mythical, ethereal, both of them, right? From a powers standpoint and um, a uh, an ability standpoint. Lots of tokens between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, your, your boxes were loaded with tokens and and special cards yeah. for Doctor Strange too. He had like special spell cards, which I've never seen before in any Dice Throne characters. Yeah, but he had the what was it? He had to prep it and yeah. then it replaced, right? Yep. So it was a, a new mechanic. I, again, like to your point, we've never seen it in uh, in any of the other dice thrown stuff. So yeah. I like that aspect, right? Where they're and again, this is going to get into theme here shortly. So I won't go too crazy. Uh, who did you and your teammate play as? So I had the Miles Morales version of Spider Man, which if you haven't seen Into the Spider Verse, the movie, watch it because that's where that comes from, and the comics, of course, and it was awesome. And then. Brad played uh, Loki, who is similar the God to of trickery. Yeah, it, it was a very weird character. Uh, he does, you know, very in thematic, like we're going to talk about with with his, you know, sort of 
ethos in the Marvel universe screws around with other people as much as he does things to himself. Uh, his bag of tricks ability was cool. He kind of puts what we ref- affectionately refer to as nerf tokens. Thanks to OP arena, the game yeah. <laughs> uh, onto other players skills, which was really interesting. You can just flat out shut a skill down for a turn. Uh, that's kind of cool. So, and then the second game, I think you were black Panther. Joe was, um, Thor, Thor. I had black widow and Brad had captain Marvel. And so, we had basically time to play every single character in teams. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about those when we get to the balance. Um, so let's jump into the categories. So, well, before we jump in, just real quick, uh, while yeah. we're going staying with the characters, obviously we played all eight characters. Um, who was, whether you played them or didn't, who, what character to you seemed like the coolest? So I, I really liked two of them probably the most. It, it, you're talking about like, I'm going to talk about the ones that I think I would have the most fun playing because those that's cool to me. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I really like the Doctor Strange mechanics. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. Um, I liked Black Widows that I got to play her. A lot of her uh, uh, play revolves around getting to upgrade your abilities for free, which is really cool and makes you feel very powerful very quickly. Um, and I really liked uh, Black Panther's sort of like offensive just ramp up and, and that vibranium, those vibranium tokens. He seems to play a little bit more simplistically, but I kind of like that about him, I guess. Yeah. But if I had to pick my two favorites, it would have been black Panther. And I really like Spider-Man, even though I didn't get to try him out a ton, his web ability that prevents offensive role phases and his combo ability, which gives you an extra offensive role phase. If you're able to manipulate stuff enough, and your opponent can't stop you, you're able to just string together consecutive offensive role phases while they can't do anything. And I feel like that could have been really powerful if we had gotten it off. Best I could do was web Joe one turn and I never got anything else. Cause I was burning my cards to try to save my partner who just rolled like ass all night. Um, <coughs> he, he literally was like completely useless. Every time he did something with Loki, it benefited you. Like I think one time you got CP off a bag of tricks and he hurt himself yes. with it. Um, yes. We just had terrible, terrible luck. And you know, that's dice thrown, but those two to me yeah. were black Panther seemed like a simple, but very direct and fun character to play. And Spider-Man with the combo seemed cool. How about you? Yeah, I, um, I really want to play black widow again uh, next when i if when we get to play it again or when we play it again yeah that so <clears throat> if you ever played the marvel champions uh she in dice throne almost plays like black panther does in marvel champions yeah in marvel champions All black panther keeps putting on gear and putting on vibranium suits and vibranium Claws. upgrades yeah different types yeah claws and 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 cowls and boots and stuff Cod pieces. And I felt like that's what <laughs> tails. Um, and I felt like that's what, um, that's how Black Widow was sort of playing in Dice Throne. And I, I loved that aspect and doing it for free and searching for them. And like, yeah, it was good. I, I was surprised at like, but again, you have to roll dice. You can have all the combos out, you can have all the upgrades out. And if you can't roll, it doesn't yep. matter. It's all for not. Yep. Um, as we see. So Black Widow was definitely a favorite uh, of mine. Uh, just, again, I didn't get to play her, but seeing what I think she's capable of, 
um, was awesome. And honestly, I agree. I, I really liked playing as Black Panther. Um, it was like, no matter what you did, it was positive and you were, t- you were dealing damage. And if you kept stacking the vibranium tokens, it just kept dealing more and more and more damage. And again, it maxes out at a certain point. But then once that happens, you get even power, more powerful. So it's like, it's, it just seemed, um, the, the power slope on, on Black Panther seemed to ramp up really, really fast. Yeah. Um, but again, if you're not rolling, it's not happening. And I think that's where, yeah, I think as you said earlier in the episode, uh, I was, uh, the dice were hot for me. Yeah. You were, uh, you were rolling lots of sixes. I, very weird. I heard some ska music. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> With a big band, college football game day <laughs> band. All right, let's uh, let's jump into theme. I'll, I'll kick us off. Uh, I gave it a five because I've played a crap load of Dice Throne proper. Season one, season two, and Adventures. I've played all of them, played every character, beat the uh, Adventures campaign. And I love Dice Throne. And I haven't seen anything quite like what they did with Marvel. I was a little concerned at this at first when it was announced. I'm like, oh, God, it's like, you know, Simon with skin and zombicide for a fantasy thing. Like, we're just going to throw IPs on things and ruin it. They did not do that here at all. They literally took the characters from the comic books and they work with the dice throne mechanics and they added new stuff in where it made sense and they made it work really, really well. It was really well done. I, I was shocked at how much fun it was. I was shocked at the variety. I really like how they, they approached it and they did it the right way. They did the dice throne franchise justice and they did the Marvel characters justice by the way they did it. And I think that makes it a five for me home run. What'd you have for theme? So I could not agree with you more and I don't think I can say it better than how you've put it, but I also gave it a five. I felt like, Playing Dice Throne, playing Dice Throne Adventures, and now Marvel Dice Throne. It's like you felt like those characters. Um, you know, they were so unique and so different and very thematic in, in the nature of the characters. And you don't, um, you know, and, and they're all sort of more popular characters. So, you know, they appeal to the masses. And when you play as these characters, you feel like them. You know, like you're just, they're just done so well. And yet still so different from two previous versions <laughs> of Dice Throat. There's not, there, there's, there's no two alike. Yep. Um, I don't even think they come close. No, I mean, there's really nothing else that kind of plays like them in the first two seasons. Um, you know, you have a little bit of a power ramp with some of the classes, but not like you do with Black Widow or like you do with Black Panther. And you don't really have anybody that plays like Doctor Strange or Captain Marvel to an extent. It was kind of the only one that I thought was kind of close to some others and that she's kind of pyromancery, but not really. 
they just don't have samey stuff, and and that was yeah blew, that kind of blew me away. I'm uh, com- being completely honest. I really did expect more of just a a reskin of the game with some small tweaks, and they did not do that. Like it's clear that Roxley and the guys and gals at Dice Throne worked with the IP directly to make something wholly new, and that was a really good decision on their part. Um, what'd you have for balance? I went with a four okay. on balance. And, um, again, you're rolling dice. <laughs> so if you're not, so if you're not rolling well, it can seem like your character is not as good as another character. However, I know that if you roll decent to good, all the way up to maybe even great, I think each character is gonna is 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 powerful and and can do what it needs to do. Whether that's hand out debuffs, deal deal damage, um, buff their you know themselves and their teammates, um, or just you know mess with an opponent's <laughs> entire dashboard or, or character board, or whatever they're called. Um, so. Leaving it up to sort of luck, that's the only thing that I, I, I wanted to ding it a little bit from a balance standpoint. So that was a four. So I had a four, too, and the dice play into it, although we're, you know everybody's kind of in the same boat there. So I don't know if that knocks the yep. balance too much for me. It's more of a uh, – that, that weighs more on fun to me. Like it's not fun to just roll like crap all night and be ineffective. The balance thing Fair for enough. me came in with – some of the characters I've played a lot of dice throne, as I mentioned before, and I've always noticed that traditionally the characters that have more defensive abilities or better defensive abilities are a little bit more, they're not more powerful, but they're a little bit more suited to handle poor rolling. In other words, if I have a bad offensive roll phase and I have a character with some defensive abilities, I might lower the damage I take and kind of, all right, I had a bad roll phase, but at least I didn't take a ton of damage from their roll phase. Whereas with the glass cannons like Captain Marvel or in traditional uh, dice throne like the Pyromancer, you don't have a lot of defense. And yes, you might build some offense during your defensive phase when you take some damage, but if you're not rolling well, you're not getting to use it and you're still not getting any damage mitigation. And so I think that's part of Dice Throne as a whole, not just Marvel, but I did see it in Marvel too, especially with who Brad played the second game, Captain Marvel, uh, just got annihilated every turn because he had no defensive abilities that could stop damage and not enough uh, CP and cards to mitigate to make his dice work in his favor. So I gave it a four because I think there's still some true issues with balancing some of the characters in both regular Dice Throne and Marvel that could make you know, the defensive deficiencies a little bit more uh, forgiving in a way where if you don't get what you need on your offensive roll phase, you've got some way to kind of say, all right, well, I'm going to be able to save my ass a little bit here and come back hard next turn. So four for me there. Uh, Fun. So I just mentioned, you know, rolling poorly sucks, (laughs) right? If you play this game a lot and you roll bad, you're not going to have a good time. Um, But it's dice thrown. Like you've got cards. If if you play this game, right, you can use the cards you get and the CP you have to make the 
the best of it. And there are ways to do that. There's ways to win when in the face of that. I've done it. I've seen it done to me. Uh, I've done it during Dice Turn Adventures, and I've seen the the AI smash me in the same way. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I, I gave it a 4.5 because that, that bad feeling is always going to be there from Dice. But it's a dice game. Like, it's fun to chuck dice. It's fun to use your cool abilities. The Marvel Dice Throne characters are all very unique and distinct. Their abilities are fun. I had a blast playing Spider-Man, even though I didn't get to use much of his stuff. Because I, the, the idea of sitting there, being able to string together web and combo and smash somebody two turns in a row was very exciting. Uh, watching Joe cast the spells for Doctor Strange was very cool. Even Brad, who didn't I'm have a lot out of the luck. hammer. Yeah, sending, yeah the, smashing me with the hammer. And you're like, what does the hammer do every turn? He's like, yeah, nothing. Uh, but, you know, the act of throwing it and placing the token on a character is cool. The, uh, the stuff that Brad did with um, Loki and being able to just deny you abilities, yeah. like that is, that's cool stuff. Like they, they put a lot of really fun elements into Marvel Dice Throne. So four and a half for me. So I'm a little bit lower. I went with a four uh, regarding fun, um, I, and it's not a. It's it, that's a that's my my you know personal uh, feelings on it, um, but it's in good company with games like Cosmic Frog and Moonrakers uh, regarding this category uh, specifically. Um, to your point, and I guess I touched a little bit on it in the balance. Um, and I guess maybe it's more of a fun issue for me as well, being someone who is a poor dice roller. Um, however, when you're hot, you're hot. And I enjoyed <laughs> playing these. I don't know if it was the Marvel theme that brought it out of me because I'm a Marvel fan. Um, but, you know, playing these characters or playing as these characters um, was very fun to me. Um, so I went with a four. Components? Yeah, I mean this this category is going to be easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. What do you have? Uh, so I have a five. Uh, so do uh, I, being the person who opened the boxes and uh, punched out. I don't know. I spent uh, three minutes punching stuff, and then I was done because uh, the components of this game go from the cover art all the way down to the individual game trays. And if you know Dice Throne, they all have these, but all the pieces fit right into the little trays. Everything folds up nicely. There's no crunch. There's no uh, lift. Um, it's just, uh, just perfectly designed. You get the standees also for Dice Throne Adventures. If you want to, you know, have Captain Marvel go with the, you know, the pyromancer or the treant into uh, a campaign. I thought that was really cool. I wasn't necessarily, I didn't follow the campaign too much, so I didn't know that that was a thing, but it was cool to see. It was a nice surprise when I cracked it open. Um, but yeah, perfect. Perfect quality, great card quality, token quality. They're good tokens. Uh, this is a five. Yep, all the same here. Roxley knocks it out of the park with everything they do. Uh, this game's no exception. I, the art that they, you know, Manny Tremblay's art for a Marvel approach is fantastic. And I'm glad that they let him do all that and didn't try to overproduce the art. I think his spin on it is really cool. So everything is awesome. Same thing. Um, 
five. There's there's really no disputing it. They just they crush it every time they make anything dice thrown. They they really do pay attention to all the little details. Um, replayability. So I'm sitting at a four here. Um, and I think part of it is some dice thrown fatigue on my part. I've played a lot of the game over the last two years. Um, I love it still to this day. And, and if anyone says to me, yo, do you want to play some dice thrown? The answer is absolutely. Yeah. Would I, would I get, uh, Marvel to the table over top of some of the classic characters? Maybe. Yeah. I think in some cases I probably would in some cases not. I really love some of the classic characters, I really love that you can play as the bosses from Dice Run Adventures. I think that's really cool. I have the Santa versus Krampus Kickstarter coming soon, so I'll be able to have uh, you know Black Panther annihilate uh, Krampus if I want to. But at the end of the day, it's Dice Throne. Um, you're playing Battle Yahtzee over and over again. And yes, every game's yeah. a little bit different. The cards you draw a little different, but the variety kind of gets it to the point where, you know, you need breaks from the game, I think. And so I give it a four for that, that I can play at any time, but it's not a game that I'm going to just constantly play over and over and over and over forever. So four for me. So I was a, was a little bit lower. Um, I know you're, um, I, I enjoy the game. I love playing it. Um, but I know you're, you're a bigger fan than I, um, but I gave it a three regarding replayability and I was looking at just the eight Marvel characters. Um, and yeah, that's I'm fair. even thinking if you were to just buy the two player set, like, uh, was it Marvel versus Black Panther? I think was one, um, there's not, you're going to play it may, you know, couple maybe a dozen times maybe two dozen times and then you're going to need to buy another one right to mix up the replayability now um buying the four player or the four character box is going to give you more um but to your point this can get old at times if that's all you're doing is playing dice throne you're going to get uh they're going to be spent on it so um, it's not a knock necessarily. It's just sort of that's what this game is, how this game is built. And that would be for any of them. Um, so it's not something specific for Marvel. Um, so I went with the three. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and honestly, I didn't even really think about lot, like uh, it's Dice Run's like an ecosystem to me now because of the amount of products they have. And I just kind of well, lump this yeah. in with the rest. But you're kind of right limited to just those eight characters. If we're reviewing, you know, Marvel dice thrown the product and not dice thrown the ecosystem, I probably might go a little lower than a four, but I'll, I'll stick with my four for now. So final rating for me. Was well, like, I, I sort of, go ahead. well, I sort of put it in the same category as like villainous, right? Yeah, that's Where true. Your core box of villainous, usually you get six characters. Marvel, you got six characters. Star Wars, you got six characters. And then their expansion boxes come with three. So even just that extra character gives you, you know, more replayability as opposed to just a 1v1 experience. Um, so so that's where I was just like, eh, again, in comparison to that. No, I think that's a good point. But I, but I ended with a 4.2, which it ties Oath and War Chest from uh, some of our previous reviews, which I can't believe it 
is <laughs> aligned with those two games because you know uh war chest almost goes with us and we play that anytime i think i, I keep a copy of my glove box <laughs> yeah like um but, uh, uh, yeah. but yeah, 4.2. I'm at a four and a half because Dice Throne. Like, I, I just love the products <laughs> and Marvel was no. Yep. Again, I was, <clears throat> I think I was, I was kind of taken aback by what I saw. Uh, I wasn't expecting them to put the level of attention to detail into the game and invent mechanics around the characters. And they did that. And it blew me away that that was even present. And so I'm really glad that we got a chance to play it and I really appreciate uh, the OP for sending it over to us. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll be able to work with them some, do some, do some additional reviews for, for more upcoming products like that. But uh, Marvel dice throne was good. I got four and a half overall is pretty high on my list. And so uh, real quick, before we completely wrap it up here on this one, um, I know you weren't big on the Kickstarter, right? When, when it happened, we were going back and forth. Yeah. I think it was, you were like, ah, you need to get it. You need to get it. <laughs> I was like, ah, you know, because like you weren't, a, you're not a huge Marvel fan. I'm a huge Marvel fan. You're a huge Dice Throne fan. Yeah. I, I like the Dice Throne, but like, so it was almost like completely yin and yang. Yep. And, uh, but now that we've played it, now that you've seen it, is there, is there like a hint of not adding it to your Dice Throne world? Like, you mean going back and, Yeah. Uh, is that yeah, something I think that so. now you're seeing it? Yeah, I think, okay. uh, well, I think I had to play it. I had to see that they yep. spent the time and energy they did to brand this and, and not just plop a brand on it, but like truly integrate the brand into the IP and the ecosystem. And they did that. And if, you know, th there was probably enough indication of that in a Kickstarter, but I also, I tend to be very dismissive when I see branding things yep. like this because a yep. lot of times it's just IP the cash grab. Yep. Yeah. And, and they didn't do that here. And I, that's refreshing to be honest, because most of the time I would say in most cases, it's not like that. So, you know, I, I was pretty happy to play it and maybe I do have a little regret. Yeah. And, and it is something that I could potentially pick up at some point if, if you keep the copy. So <laughs> now awesome. would this make you uh, lose any friends? Uh, I, I have this as a yes, uh, because um, <laughs> I played Dice Throne for Blood. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? And um, uh, you can get very, very frustrated with Dice Throne, and then potentially take that out on your opponent, as opposed to reflecting inward and looking within yourself. So I put it as a yes. It's a I two, also... A, it's a two-player, right? I'm so you're going to have that by default, baked yeah, into the game. And you know? I think we played teams, and I felt it for my teammate, too. I wanted to throw my <laughs> dice at the side of his head because he just could not roll well. So you may lose friends as opponents and teammates play, in this game. Play, because play games lose teammates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the dice not working your way is frustrating in and of itself. And then you have to sit there and watch your opponents just kick ass and roll great rolls. And you're like, ah. And they've get, they're getting more cards. They're getting more CP. You can barely keep up. Uh, and again, not a balance issue, just the dice aren't, you're going, going your way that night and that's how it goes. So yes, this can make you want to channel your superhero powers and punch them through a wall. <laughs> All right. I, concur. I guess, uh, one last thank you to the OP. Yes, uh, definitely. Thank you. USA. We were weirded out how you even got 
Ken's address <laughs> to send it. Um, but appreciate it. And, you know, any, any other, uh, thank yous you want to send out, Ken? No, definitely. It was, uh, you know, as Ryan mentioned, it came as a, quite a surprise. I think I talked about it on the last episode. Like, you know, did I do this in my insomnia? Was I, was I drunk? <laughs> yeah. Did I order all this? Like, um, but no, definitely, uh, appreciate it. And thanks for thinking of us. Uh, and again, hopefully, you know, we can, uh, do more of this and bring more content, uh, to, to our listeners. So thank you. Again. This is how you can tell we're, uh, we're noobs at this whole process is that a, a publisher sends us a game and we're like, what's <laughs> happening? Who do we owe money to? <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's weird, but appreciate it and glad we could get the review in and glad we could get to play it because it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, well, let's wrap up with, uh, Backbot. So I have a pretty low list here. I'm just going to quick start us off. And I, th- I know you've got more than me. You almost always do because <laughs> you have a much larger problem than I do. Uh, so we got Mindbug in. We talked about that. Very glad that came in. Uh, I got a shipping notification for Verdant today, which is from Flatout Games, who also made uh, the well-regarded and spiel Yadish winner. Did it win? Cascadia? Yeah. I can't remember if it won or not. Um, so Verdant's coming this week in the next couple days. So I'll have, uh, another cool two player game from flat out to check out. Maybe we'll have to give that a preview at some point in time. And, uh, I should be getting a shipping notification any day now for both Hamlet and mind management. I'm not so sure if I'll retain my management or not, but, uh, it's, it's coming at least. So that's good. So that is it. And I also backed one that you sent me tonight. (laughs) <laughs> uh, which we talked about during our Gen Con list called yeah. Seasons of Arcadia. And it's, it looked very good and uh price point wasn't real bad. $10 discount for getting in early. So I took it and we'll see how, how that goes. Nice. All right. So, buddy. Let us have all it. Right. <laughs> Actually, it's not too bad. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So, I'm just conditioned at this point. <laughs> uh, so Kickstarters that have arrived, uh, Mindbug. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, Hunters of Lost Creatures, which was that small little card game, little almost like a party style. Uh, but again, it, it it was like a small box with I think there's some gonna be some good strategy, thinky decisions in it. So uh, glad that thing came in. Um, so those were games that um, I have in hand that were previously backed. Um, so last week and this week were. Well, this week so far is a good week. Uh, last week I had two. Uh, I backed the Canvas uh, third expansion and the second printing of Oathsworn. Now, for Oathsworn, they had an upgrade kit, they had a mystery box, and then they had other add-ons. Uh, and the mystery box was part of the add-ons. Uh, and then I backed the, uh, I bought the sleeves so I could sleeve the whole thing as well. So I still get my lifetime discount, which is cool. And I appreciate that, but they, they don't have a lot of love for return backers and maybe it's because of the discount, but like they're giving them free dice. Now these metal cool dice, but then we have to pay for it as a return backer. So I I don't know. I'm a little, a little salty on it. I won't cancel my pledge, but I'm a little perturbed. Um, Yeah. A little, uh, reward for customer loyalty would be would be nice that being said like i know 
production and shipping is such no, a nightmare now that maybe they're just kind of like afraid to do that stuff because people's expectations are already so high and people yeah. complain constantly. <laughs> yeah, they took a, they took some some hits and they had to come back to the well for some money. But again, yeah. that's why they gave us that discount. So I do have that lifetime membership with them. So it's, I guess I can't be too shitty, but <laughs> it still was a little weird. Like it's like free. No, I think that's a fair comment. Free mystery box on day one. Oh, but you have to back the the base pledge at least. And it's like, but I have the base pledge. So I, yeah. All right. So whatever. I'll give you fifteen bucks. It's fine. But still, it's just more the principle. No, I hear you. <clears throat> and then this week. Uh, I am backing an interesting game that I've been following for a little bit. Actually, I thought it was going to pop up on a different, uh, what are they called? Uh, crowdsourcing, crowdfunding platforms, but it popped up on Kickstarter today. Uh, and it is a game called Cosmoctopus. And this one, <laughs> it just, the theme has me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I love the space octopus. Um, I think it's unique and cool, almost in that sort of cosmic frog type sort of whims. And uh, price point was good for what you get. So right now I'm currently backing it. We'll see how far it goes. But um, but those are my three uh, that I'm backing at current. And then from a bot perspective, did you do any bot or are you still being good? I'm still behaving because I'm uh, just going to splurge at PAX Unplugged, so okay. I'm trying not to get anything. I'm I'm under the impression that my uh, PAX list is going to be unfulfilled, but we'll see. So I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> okay. uh, so um, I got the American Psycho uh, pre-order from Renegade came in the mail, and oh, I I know it's just a simple. It feels like it's going to be a simple trick-taking fun little game, but just the they the components are so neat. The box art is so great. Like I just and I'm in you. I'm a sucker for American Psycho, so I hope this is good. Can't wait to play it. Um, and then I got a chance to hit the uh, the friendly local game store. Uh, I actually went in to uh, demo a local game designer. Uh, who was demoing their game called Chemical Overload? Uh, Overload, sorry, Chemical Overload. Uh, that will be coming to crowdfunding, I believe, early next year. And this was a, a deck builder where you are. Um, this is the first type of deck builder where, like, well, to a degree, I know Star Realms did some of it. But like you play these beakers in front of you and then you have to have a beaker in order to build a potion. But then when you, once you build the potion, uh, then the bottle goes away and then the ingredients go away, but your cards that you purchase go on top of your deck. So you know, you're drawing them next turn, which I thought was kind of cool. But I also thought was cool is the, they have these table abilities where when you play a spell or you, you play a beaker, they go out in front of you so they don't clutter your deck. So buying multiple beakers is not necessarily a bad thing. You can set yourself up for for turns ahead. Um, so I played with uh, two guys who have uh, clearly been <laughs> playing deck builders differently than I have for <laughs> 
from my time, and uh, I got smashed, something fierce, like 28 to 10, and they tied, I think, at 28. So wow. it was a, it was a, it was a, it was this a beating, <laughs> but I got to play uh, a brand new prototype of a new game coming out. So that's called chemical overload. Um, I'm sure they, I think they have social media channels for it. Um, the designer was really cool. Um, so it was just a neat experience. And again, you can't go to a game store without uh, making some purchases. So uh, <laughs> I was waiting for that part. Uh, so if you heard the Gen Con list, uh, I picked up Nicodemus, which was the two player Imaginarium and one that didn't make the list, but, um, as some of those games came out and I got the reviews or I've got to watch some of those reviews, some of my like 12s and 13s moved up on the list. So I, I did pick up a game called Creature Feature, uh, which is another, uh, new Richard Garfield game. Uh, from Trick or Treat Studios. Uh, so they've got so many games coming out this year. Uh, again, I think they're going to be a company to watch. Um, so I'm looking forward to trying that one out as well. Um, and then I bought an expansion that I already have accidentally, because I thought I was getting it as a gift. So I have to return that. And then I purchased another expansion uh, as a gift as well. So some Christmas shopping out of the way early. So that, again, for me, I think is a pretty nice size of bot, right? Yeah, it's a good list. Not too terrible and not <laughs> none like me. So people enjoy hearing the uh, horrible addiction you have, I think. And I like hearing about all the things you get because that means at some point in time, I'm going to get to play it, which is always nice uh, to, to know. Yeah, that's, that's neat how that works, right? Yeah. Yep. And I buy euros that you hate. So it really doesn't yep. balance out at all, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it for tonight. Thanks again to the OP for sending us Marvel Dice Throne. We are glad we could get a review in and hope everybody enjoys listening to it. And if you don't uh, have any Dice Throne products and you're interested, check it out. Very fun game. And the Marvel version is Chef's Kiss excellent. They did a great job. Yeah. Uh, and, we and you, are... can find it. you can find Marvel Dice Thrones wherever uh, board games are sold. Um, you can go direct to the uh, to the op or USAopoly yep. to get it. Um, Target has it. Friendly, yep, friendly local game store. You can get it at Target. Um, I think even Barnes and Nobles has it, if I remember correctly. You can head to the Roxley website too. Yeah, Roxley it sells there. it. So there is uh, lots of avenues. So many ways to buy this game. If you don't own it and you like Dice Thrones, or you even like Yahtzee and you're looking to step it up, definitely Marvel Dice Thrones uh, is a good call. It is. Uh, that's going to do it. If you want to check us out online, you can find us at playgamesloosefriends.com. You can reach us at playgamesloosefriends at gmail.com if you have comments about the show, questions, topics you want us to discuss, or you just want to tell us that we're really bad at rolling dice. You can find us on Instagram at playgamesloosefriends or on Twitter at show. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. Do you have any uh, parting words for our dear sweet listeners, Ken? Uh, yeah. Um, watch out for those euros. They're, uh, they're nasty. <laughs> they're, they're nasty and mean. And uh, thank you to the op once again. We really appreciate it. Yes, we do. That was going to be my comment. And uh, play your euros, kids. Stolen. Be better than Ken. Be better. You can do it. I believe in all of you. Use your cubes to the fullest extent you possibly can. And if not, just eat them. They look kind of delicious. 
Alright everybody, we'll see you soon. Thanks again. Have fun, play games, don't lose your friends. Later.